Welcome to the Expand with Nicole podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hope, a health and breathwork coach who is passionate about all things wellness. My goal is to break down big information into little bites, providing you with facts and actionable steps that you can incorporate into your life right away. If you're ready to learn along with me, let's get started. We are here again with another episode. The whole purpose is to expand your mind. I'm so excited for today's topic, which is Feng Shui. And we're here with Nixie, who is a Feng Shui expert. And just to give like a little Wikipedia definition, basically this is an ancient Chinese practice, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole idea is that it's using energy, forces us to harmonize with our environments, right? So Fang means wind, shui means water, and the idea is that we're all connected and flowing with our environment. And like the cool thing is, is that this goes back, like the foundations go back over 3,000 years, right? So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what your definition of Fang Shui is, and we'll start there. Yeah, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. Uh, I You definitely said a, a perfect definition. Um, I, I personally think it dates back before we even can can really, re- really recall because w- when we look to the ancient pyramids, there was already in any ancient site really um, in history or on earth involves some, fort of, some form of feng shui um, because it is like all of them are set up to align with the solstices and there's a lot and they knew how to bring in the energy from the the facing side of the temples or the ancient sites so and there's also even another form of feng shui in uh in india called vatsu and so uh there's there's so many different um you know it just goes back so far and i think that really it comes down to or sorry, I think it's Vastu. Um, it comes down to how we knew more back in those times. We were more connected to the energies. We were connected to the stars. We didn't have a lot of digital, or maybe we did. I don't know. There, there's so much mystery there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I my definition really around it is is I think it's just really bringing nature into our home and and aligning with nature because the point of using this system is to bring in earth, fire, metal, water, and wood, which is the five element system. You can see it in any, you know, ancient Chinese way of looking at things in the Eastern traditions and even in, you know, acupuncture, um, herbalism and healing modalities, Qigong, a lot of these ways of looking at things come from the I Ching. So it's like the ancient book of, of life and, and Qi and how we have Qi everywhere around us. That's the life force energy. There's Qi in nature that is already naturally occurring. And so the act of Feng Shui is to bring nature into our spaces so that we can be in harmony with nature versus, you know, we don't, we live in these boxes. We're not really supposed to I think humanity, you know, we've come so far from living on the land, being one with nature that we've lost our identity. So by bringing nature into our homes, it brings us back home, literally, to who we really are. I think that's a beautiful way to say it. And it makes so much sense. And the funny thing is, I was just thinking about while you were saying that, because this is obviously your area of expertise. I do breath work. And Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because we have to relearn, we're relearning how to breathe properly. And we've like lost that when, yeah. you know, if you go back in time, this was not an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. Like we're just really like finding our way back to the ancient principles and foundations of things that are really should be part of our daily lives, right? Without much thinking. Yeah. But now we, like you said, here we are and we have to bring it back in. So um how did you get interested in this or involved in feng shui and becoming such an expert? Yeah, that's a great question. I I honestly believe it's always kind of been there with me when I was a kid, uh, younger, my mom sends me photos of like cleaning the house and, uh, wearing this little costume as a fairy. And, and I always enjoyed really tending to a home and, there was a period, of course, in my teenage years where my my room was a disaster and it was so embarrassing. And obviously, I just didn't care so much um, getting older. And then you kind of like we're so open when we're young and we're so connected to everything that's our gift. And then when we kind of close off and 
the teenage years, they're hard and we kind of have these walls. We're trying to find our identity. And so I closed off for a while and then had like a spiritual awakening in 2012. Like most of us here, if we're kind of been on that path and trajectory and uh, I was in the fashion industry for a, at the time, went to school for design and um, always knew I was like 12 years old sewing. I loved that too. So there was a lot of different things that I really thoroughly enjoyed, but the industry itself and fashion just didn't align with my awakening, I will say. Like just wanted to be surrounded by a lot more high vibrational energies and, and it's such a toxic environment. Um, so I decided to kind of take a different path and went into like my my voyage and learning witchcraft and Buddhism and all these different forms because I was really questioning what is out there, you know, what else other than my what I was my upbringing and, and as a Christian and baptized Christian. And at least I, I wasn't really forced to go to church, but I was definitely I lived in Orange County. So that was everything around there is is very like one way, very dogmatic and heavy on religion. But I just for a period, I think I went atheist and like was like, I don't believe in anything, you know, and I had a very spiritual moment at one point when I was working at this retail store at BB. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't think they're open anymore. Um, and this woman came in and she had a broken arm and I was helping her and she asked if I could pray for her. And I was like, pray. I don't pray. Like, but I could tell she was looking at my soul. Like there was something different about her asking me. So I went home that night and I prayed and I just broke down and like something else came through me. And I was like, what was that? What was that thing that came through me? Cause it was so visceral and it felt so. I, and then from there, I just started craving what that was and, and I wanted to find answers. So I, my dad's friend was Buddhist. So I started there and then I kind of went through my path in, in paganism, witchcraft, you know, medicine, women, any healing arts I started diving into, breathwork, meditation, yoga. And it's funny because all of that, like I didn't focus on my environment. That never was the thing for me. Um, so I, I was really working on the inner space and the inner environment. And uh, I really wasn't sure what my path was going to be, but I always kind of knew it was going to be in some form of healing modality. So I studied different things like Reiki and then I started cleaning homes. So I took a whole this weird different path because I had to support myself and I was in a really um, destructive relationship, which I'm learning and unlearning those patterns, you know, that we get ourselves into and I needed to break that pattern. So I started to clean homes through this TaskRabbit app and I found so much joy in it. I was like, this feels good. And I was listening to podcasts, like really working on expanding myself and listening to successful people. And I was really praying and, and calling in support and, and I wanted success. You know, I was like, I want success. I want to raise my vibe. I want all the things. And and I kept feeling my guides and I, I work with the fairy realm a lot. So I kept feeling these little hints that like, just keep cleaning, just keep cleaning and it'll come. And then one day my, when my girlfriend, I would come in and the way I would clean is like clean physically and then clear, clean spiritually. So I'd cleanse the space and do sage and clean the energy as well. And she was like, you're so cute. You're like Nixie dust cleaning. And, and, and then all of a sudden my first company was born in that moment and it was Nixie dust cleaning. And so I just followed that path and I like followed the breadcrumbs and I started that company in 2014, maybe 15. And I had that for a while and I did it myself. And then I started hiring and training staff on how to, you know, clean, not on, only on the physical, but on the energetic and it quickly became a six-figure business like very fast because we were offering such a really cool service. And I'm in L.A., so it was super hip. And everyone's like, ooh, cool, like spiritual cleaning and, and cleansing. And obviously, we use really green products. And then from there, I developed my own product line. This is kind of a long version of my story, but I'm getting there, I promise. Um, so I, No, it's I, so interesting. I love it. <laughs> so um, then the pandemic hit. And fast forward, and I was at the time already going through, I have a podcast as well. And at the time it was just, um, it was called Goddess Collective. And I focused on more like female mysticism and empowerment. And I had a, a woman on who was teaching us Feng Shui. And I was like, wow, I've actually already been doing this. Like this is part of my business, you know, what, I, what I'm creating. So that moment I knew she was going to be my master and I signed up for her, her school and Amanda Sophia and she has the international school of Feng Shui. So that's kind of where it all started for me. Like I just, I realized this was the next thing, whether it was going to be involved in my cleaning business or whether I was going to start providing this as a service. So I started doing it like in person here with my clients. I started offering it as a service to expand upon the, the cleaning aspect and really realize it was like me 
in a new version of myself, being able to serve my clients in a new way. And one thing I really also got to learn, I think, through going into homes is we need so much help in our homes. We mm-hmm. really do. Like It is the space that it, I mean, I've worked with hoarders. I worked with, I did decluttering organizational services. And to this day, I always attract a lot of, I will say hoarders in a way, because there's there's a way that we, I believe we can heal through that or, or I can assist and support because it starts in the mind. And with Feng Shui, it allows me, it's like the vehicle that I can go deep with people. So I went through the school, got pro, like went through everything. And then now I, I let go of my cleaning business because of the pandemic. It really wiped me out. Um, nobody really wanted green cleaning right. and everybody was like, oh my God, I want Lysol and bleach. And, and um, so, and we were like awarded green and I just, I tried it for a little bit and I was like, this is out of integrity. This is not why I started the business. And my husband and I wanted to change our lifestyle up and, and focus on a more sustainable life. So we started sailing and going and traveling during the pandemic. And then now I, and then I just sort of like let the breadcrumbs guide me once again, because, you know, letting go of a business is is actually very challenging. Um, But I knew that Feng Shui was the next thing. So I just kind of jumped in and here we are, like, it's been a really beautiful experience and just to be able to work with clients in this way and, and help people create sacred spaces and happy homes is, is such a, such a gift and such a blessing. So that's my story. It sounds like it was inherent in you to find yourself here, right? Because I'm sure some people are listening like, oh, I wish I loved to clean or I wish my cleaning service had a had a spiritual act like end of it. I mean, my cleaning ladies don't, I don't think they do. I know they don't. Um, but yeah, it was a good business. I will say I miss it sometimes for sure. Yeah. And I thought about opening it up again because the world's a little different, almost back to normal, but it's still, still a little different and hard. So, um, but I'll probably, I'm probably sparking something in someone. They're like, Ooh, and once you start looking totally. at cleaning, it's like a spiritual process, a spiritual act or not, maybe not even spiritual, but just an act of self-love then it's it changes your perspe- perception on just like a a chore that's not um god i almost said whore <laughs> <laughs> and there we go but no um there's 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 this like really powerful uh connection that you create when you just tend to your space it doesn't you know maybe you have someone that comes in and cleans but you can still tend to your space, whether it be organizing, keeping it well-maintained, putting things away and doing homes or, or even feng shui. So yeah, kind of changes the things a little bit. I know that one of the things you talk about on your Instagram is like creating a high vibe home, which is where mm-hmm. kind of what we're talking about now. So let's start there because I know, you know, everyone listening lives somewhere, I'm sure could improve their space a bit. So what do you consider a high vibe home? Like what are some key elements or factors that we should consider or you consider when applying feng shui to like a space, whether it's a bedroom, the home itself? Mm. That's, a, That's a I mean, really I know it's question. a big question, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Uh, high vibration. Uh, we obviously people listening ha- have probably some understanding of energy and the way energy moves, or maybe you're kind of just getting started on your journey and path towards an energy, like learning how energy is around you at all times or how your energy is showing up to the space. So first and foremost, a high vibrational environment starts with us, the in- inner space. So we, ha- the inner and the outer are very much a dance in, in the alchemy of feng shui. And so when we work on our inner space, when our mindset is at a space where we're, you know, there's that scale of, of emotion and, and vibrations and fear being the lowest one and love being the highest form. So when we're in that high vibe state and we're in love and we're in expansion, we're in our mindset is there, then we naturally create that environment around us. So when we're at a low vibe inside and we're really beating ourselves up, um, and this is sort of a, it's never going to be, we're always in the state of love. I will mm-hmm. say, you know, it's it's a it's a process. Sometimes we're in self sabotage. Sometimes we're in empowerment, and there's there's always going to be um, chapters and journeys in the process. But when we're in that state of high vibrational energy, we care about our space more, and our space is always speaking to us. So when we're in a low vibe, what what starts to happen? We start to create more clutter. We start to kind of let things pile up. In our, in our environment. So what I like to say, see and with my space first and foremost is 
when my space starts to get more cluttered, I use that as a message for myself going, oh, wh- oh wait, what's going on? I need to go Ooh, in. That's good. You know? Okay. Yeah. So it is a tool. Our home is a tool and it, it has an energy. It has an entity. It has its own frequency itself, but we create that. And so when we use our, our home as a mirror for ourselves, really, then it allows us to check in, see what's going on and everything when it comes, once you start understanding like the Bagua system, which I'm sure we'll get into, then you start to see that everything in our space, there's like a, the way the system works is like, you know, there's certain areas of our homes that are connected to um, our health and wellness, our wealth and prosperity, our relationships, love, intimacy, all those good things. And then it gets deeper. You start going into the layers of, okay, so there's clutter in my, in my Southwest area, which is my love corner. How's my, how's my relationship with myself? How's my relationship with others, my partner, or maybe there's none at all. And that's a good indicator, like just to start decluttering that area or creating it like having that higher vibrational energy and you can really just measure that by like where is the frequency you're at and I I usually the the starting point is really feng shui is kind of like also an intuitive process (laughs) so like when we're learning about energy the first step is to use our body if as as a guide or as a tool or we can use divination tools like um, dowsing or uh, crystal gridding or, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm like, I'm holding one right here and I'm trying to blank, but these things, pendulum, pendulum yeah. <laughs> and, uh, or even just your body. And if you're listening and you want to kind of get started, the first thing you can do is walk around your space and go into every room and ask your body, how do you feel? And notice what thoughts come up. If you walk into your bedroom and you're like, oh, this is not sexy. Like, I don't feel good. Or you just start to see what's coming up in your mind. That's 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 a good indicator of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your space. And then you kind of just start seeing where is your body responding? Is it open? Is it expansive? And that's going to tell you really where you should start to make to create a higher vibrational space. Usually the the space I lead clients into or some students that are in master classes or anything is start where you feel the most closed off in your body because that's going to help you internally through something that's that's also blocked. So it could be a chakra, it could be a a thought pattern, it could be some deep healing. There's there's so many layers to it. So I think it really just comes back down to starting with us first, creating a high vibrational space within our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our actions, because that's what makes up our home. I mean, I think it's too, for people who are like, I walk around my home all the time, I don't feel anything. But you do feel something when you go into someone else's home and you're like, wow, this house has a good vibe. Or you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to spend any time here. So I think everyone can has been in a situation where they feel that, but mm-hmm. like, because we're in our home so much, we lose the, like just the sensory connection because we're just, yeah. we're busy and it's like, we're in our head instead of in our body. Um, yeah. but yeah, like going back we're to that feeling, right. Yeah. We're operating like in a, on a, sub, on a subconscious level, we're just, we're just going through the motions. Right. And, uh, you know, I really believe in a high vibe home is a a holistic home. It's a happy home. It's a space that allows you to stop and pause. It's a, it's a sanctuary. And you look at the temples that were created back, you know, in in every, any, any sacred temple, you, as an example, you walk into a sacred site, there is an immediate shift you'll feel like Mm -hmm. you feel the sanctuary, you feel the sacredness that's permeating through. And I do believe that we can bring that energy into our homes because, I don't know if you guys all realize, but the outside world is crazy. Like it is nuts. Yeah. I live in LA right now. I travel a lot, but when I'm here, I live in the mountains. So that's helpful. But even then the energy is you go out there, you know, someone's yelling at you in your car, flipping you off. Maybe you're that person and you know, you got to check in with yourself and maybe your space is a good place to start, you know, and, and to, to realize that this is our safe space right now. Yes, we don't live out in nature. We're not like all living in huts, you know, in teepees, living one with the land. But the best we can do is start with our space and, you know, you make a good point. And if you're not familiar with energy, you can, you know, work with divination tools or 
uh, like tarot cards too. You can pull cards or Oracle decks and just kind of ask the question, you know, what does this space feel like? See what comes up. Use, use a pendulum to, uh, if you're, I love working with pendulums and, and mostly I use dousing rods now when I work with clients and, and go into a space. I only work with my pendulum when I'm reading, uh, homes virtually. So it's a good way to, if you can't get into the energy of your body yet, cause it is a, it is, I believe like an exercise and a tool you, yeah, it's you practice. Have yeah. practice. So you can start with things that are outside, like on the physical outside of you to show you yes, this home is open, the energy, the chi is moving, or no, the chi is stagnant. You know, and those are those kind of yes and no questions when you're asking the pendulum, asking the tarot, asking the dowsing rods, does this space have a good flow of chi? Yes or no? So you've said chi a couple of times, and I know you mentioned it early on, but chi is essentially just energy. That's like what we're translating it to, correct? Correct. So chi is, it's breath work. It's the life force that moves through. It's that pranic energy that moves through all of us when we breathe and take an inhale and we exhale. That's chi. That's giving life force energy to our bodies. And so our homes are no different and everything has chi. But what with feng shui, the system is they is, is it's basically the, the opening. So the front door of your home is the mouth of your chi. It's where the inhale comes in and the exhale comes out. So the goal of creating good feng shui is so that when your home is breathing and that inhale comes in, the chi is allowed to is, is able to move through your home completely, all like upstairs, downstairs, in the basement, like wherever the chi is flowing is is and that's really what I help people help people do in their homes is create, make sure the chi is moving everywhere. Because that is that is almost like breaking through if we have blocked chakras right. it's very similar it's like acupuncture for our home does that <clears throat> excuse me include like moving furniture around or bringing in things like from nature that will help the energy move around and also i know you mentioned the bagua map is that connected maybe you could go into that a little bit yeah so I think with feng shui, it does get really complicated. It's it's there's so many layers to it. Right. And um, to to answer your first question, uh, yes, moving furniture is required sometimes. But I think a lot of people just think feng shui is only moving furniture around. And totally. I did personally, you know, when I first started, I was like, you know, and I think sometimes people too, they're like, why would I hire you just to move my furniture around? And I'm like, oh no, girl, like or guy, like it's way deeper than that. Right. Um, but. It's all about intention. So if the chi is not moving like through, uh, let's say, living room because there's blocks around, like the way the furniture is set up, it's not allowing a good flow of energy, then yes, we're going to, I'm going to advise to move furniture in a way that allows the chi. And usually we want to kind of create things in a circular energy. So kind of, I would say like creating a hippie circle in our, in our living room so that the energy moves in a circular way. Energy gets stuck or stagnant by sharp corners, which is what we call poison arrows in feng shui. And so we want to avoid that stagnancy as much as possible. Right. And, and it's never going to be perfect ever. So that's one thing I always say is like, there's no perfect feng shui at home. My home's not even perfect, but it's a, it's like a dance between, you know, what do I need to focus on right now? Is there a leaking faucet? Is there a door that's not opening? Is there a squeaky? Is there something broken? And what do I need tending to right now? What's speaking loudly in my home so that I can work on that and then see what, what's coming up for me? So yes, that's kind of the answer to the, the furniture question. And then the Bagua system is is really fascinating because there's um there's a couple different forms and schools of thought of feng shui. And each one kind of uses the the system a little differently. Um, I studied classical feng shui, so this is the truest form of feng shui that exists that we know of. Um, feng shui was handed down. I mean, you know, like there's been burnt texts. There's a lot of sacred uh, beliefs and and ritual, and a lot of the things in our history have been like telephone game down. You know, so I think that it's also in a form of in the in the Western world now that it's becoming a little bit more popular to talk about. Like there's there's an evolution happening. So there's classical, there's the black sect tantric one, um, which is a little more like woo. And then there's also the uh, more modern version or the new age. 
And I kind of like to blend the, 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 the modern with the classical because in our Western world, the other thing that is the um, sort of immediate thought around feng shui is that you have to bring in all these like Chinese tchotchkes and like, you know, little um, kitties with their hands moving to bring in luck <laughs> or dragons or Chinese coins. And while all of that is absolutely part of their culture, it's not really part of ours, you know, here yeah, in the West. Tchotchkes make me feel like there's too much going on, honestly, for myself. Correct. Yeah. And then that that can create more clutter. But, you know, you go into a, and I, I'm not, you know, being gentle with this, but we can, you know, we go into a nail salon or a Chinese restaurant or anyone who has, who embodies that culture. And there is, some of them really dial in that, that feng shui. You can feel it. You know, there's a mm-hmm. water fountain front entrance way. There's bamboo everywhere. And so those components, which comes back to the elements, there's a reason why they have the, 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 the fountain in the front entranceway or bamboo in the corner or a little money altar somewhere in the corner where it's probably the Southeast Gua. And so with the Bagua system, I was like kind of demystifying a little bit of that, you know, the, the traditional, what I think feng shui is. Um, but the Bagua system is great because it's a great tool to start with and you can download. I actually have a free Bagua map guide um, PDF download. I'll, I'll give you guys the link so you can download it in your show notes. Um, but that allows for you to kind of work with this map that's like an energy map for your home. So there are eight squares around the center. Each of those squares represent an important area of our life or I like to say the human existence because we all, it's almost like having all of our needs met. We all have some level of us that we need love. We, we need money. We need a, a sense of purpose. We need to have good health. We need to have, you know, a community, a tribe. And we, we want to be able to experience the world and maybe travel. So I think this has honestly evolved over time a little bit. I don't know how true to form because I think, you know, there's a travel corner and I'm thinking, how much did they travel back then and, and how did how much how much was that really important for the temples? So I do believe this is more of a current version iteration and how that all came to be is is really kind of the big mystery, right? Like nothing is ba- there is some backed by science, quote unquote, or pseudoscience, because we work with a number system. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. I don't want to confuse you guys. <laughs> um, but the Bagua system is a, it's it's a grid of different sections of your home that is connected to the four directions. So Southeast. So when you've heard me say the Southwest is the love and relationships area, you find that by using your compass, starting at your front door and seeing where that, that Southwest corner is. The easiest way is to print out the Bagua map, um, which again, you can get in my guide and then, and then put that on top of your floor plan and see, you know, I, I like to always tell my, my students or clients like, put a post-it note up in the corner so you can start to program like get used to this is my love corner this is my money corner this is my health area this is and we call them guas in in feng shui terms so it is essentially just a, an energy map to your soul like it's a physical manifestation of what's important in our lives and how we connect to it and it's pretty wild. I mean, I kind of have a healthy form of skepticism when I first was kind of going into all this. Like, does this really work? Is this just magic? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I've seen some really incredible results when we focus on, especially in the money. That's that's usually where people come to me for or love and relationships is the top two that everybody wants: money and sex. Good, good, all those good things, right? <laughs> Come on, like that's not true, right? Um, it's totally true. Definitely true. So, yeah. So, so when we come to that, um, and we look at that in our spaces, and we start to pay attention to, oh my gosh, my love area is got like it's where my storage basement is or something. Yeah, like a and, hot and, mess. And, <laughs> it's a hot mess, and and then you realize, well, my love life's kind of a mess. So when you start to clean it up and, and have intention behind why you are and you can't just like expect for magic to happen, right? It's, it's, it's gotta be, you have to have intention behind it. Just like anything, you know, if you're going to sit down and do breath work, like why are you doing the breath work? Are you mm-hmm. just sitting there to breathe or are you going to sit there because you need to move through some emotions? Like there's gotta be intention behind what you're, what you're doing in your space too. So that's, that's a very simple breakdown of, I think those two questions. Yeah. You know, some topics that I interview about, I know a lot about already, and I really don't know a lot about this. So 
we will do surface level and then we can always go deeper another time. But I really do like the practice of putting the post-its around and really just getting familiar with your space because Mm -hmm. I'm sure most people do not know their corners or their space. I, I mean, I do not. Yeah. And, and what is also fascinating too, like if you're already very intuitive and you already are very connected to energy, then you might find that you already somehow on a subconscious level, like you have a money tree in your money corner already, or your space is kind of set up to, to totally align with the bagua, which I've absolutely seen and including myself. So like when I first did my, my flying stars, which is what I do when I'm consulting and this is not something that I can teach even myself, because it's really a process of understanding the energy based on when the home the home was built. And then we evaluate that through a number system and use the Bagua map as a guide. And it's it's like so complex in terms of how all that works. And when I did my home for the first time, I was like, whoa, like I already have it all set up. Like there was one area that I was like, okay, which was my money corner. And I had to completely like we had my husband's office in there and he's like man cave status. You know, he barely worked in there. It felt like it started becoming storage because it was just like the one room that no one really went in and it was dark and it felt like nothing. It didn't feel like the rest of the house. And then we had a guest room and I was like, okay, we're going to move the guest room. And we, at the time I saw the story a lot. So if you've, you've heard this again, you're hearing it again. Um, you know, we, we started to, we had two houses we had to sell from his father who had just passed. And we were really coming up against these walls. Like why, why won't they sell? There was a crazy situation with one of the tenants and there was just these blocks we felt, you know, and I was, this was the time I was going through school. So I said, well, why don't I just like put this stuff I'm learning into action and see if there's anything that can come through, like some clarity or some ease or some flow or something going on. So we moved his office into the guest room and swapped and the guest room became this like sanctuary and, and we put a water fountain in there and it just felt so different. And what do you think happened? Like literally a week later, we sold one of the houses. At, we, we also had a boat we were trying to sell because we had just bought our new sailboat. And that took about a month, I believe, after that. So, but it was all with intention. I was like, I am doing this so that we can create space so that these things can flow in our life. And 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 that was my personal experience. The first thing that really woke me up to, okay, this stuff is powerful. Like whatever this is, and maybe we can't really define it sometimes because our mind, our ego, our monkey mind is like, I want to know why or the answers, but sometimes we just have to embrace it. Yeah, totally. So I have a question because you were talking about the house being built and a lot of us obviously live in homes that other people lived in before us. So do you have a process for clearing or cleansing your home before you move in or if you've lived in like I've been in my house now for 10 years can I still do that should I still be doing that is that also part of feng shui oh yeah absolutely um I do space clearings for my clients before we work together and we set the energy prior to because we're it's most likely that unless you are a holistic worker energy worker that you would know how to really properly remove and the stagnant blueprint like energetic debris that I like to say is in the space so we can actually do that virtually by I I actually allow the the person to be the guide so you I would guide you through the experience because I'm not going to be able to physically be there if it's virtual, but if it's in person, you know, we go through, it's a ceremony. It's, it's literally like you dress in all white. We go through a process to cleanse the energy around the space and shift whatever. I had one time where I did this to a client. She wanted a whole consultation and we ended up just doing a space clearing. She's like, that was all I needed. I didn't, I don't, I'm not ready for the consultation yet. Let's just do the space clearing. Cause there was such a big shift after that for her. So you can just like if you're listening and you just want to do something on your own, if you are just moving into a space and you haven't put furniture there yet, I'm sure there's someone listening that has this. The best way to start is by putting a candle in the center of your space and burning that, letting it fully and just a tea candle is fine because you don't want to like leave the space unattended and have a candle burning like one of the big ones all night or for many days. So what that kind of does is it allows for the energy to with intention start to become your own because yes, there's energetic debris from others. I've had people who are including myself, like very sensitive, empathic, 
and you come into a space and you're like, why am I so sad or depressed? Like, that's not me. It could be energetic debris in your home or you have anxiety all of a sudden. It could also be high EMFs. There's a lot of things that, you know, we address when we're going into a, when I'm going into a space or working with clients because there's so many things that can be affecting the mind, the body, the soul, the, the energy around it. So like, like putting a candle in the center of the room um, or just, you know, saging is, an, is a good start, but there's a process of I like to work with th- a three-step process. So we work with uh, we work with sage or, or an incense or something to begin with cleansing. And then we work with sound. So an instrument or um, chanting, putting intentions into the space. And the last and final one is is our body. So we, we work with our body to move the energy out and really becoming the vessel and allowing ourselves to feel the energy and move through it. So it is it's like a full, it's a whole ceremony. A whole like process, I said. yeah. It's a whole process, but it's never too late to do, um, especially if like a big fight is broken out with with partners, um, a death in a family, like a lot of big life stuff that happens. Like it's a great time. It's a great indicator to do a space clearing in your home, and also because it also will you you do yourself in the process. You know, you're you're clearing yourself because you're you become the vessel, and it's just like really freaking cool experience. Um, but, and, and then maybe it's just the house feels stagnant. Nothing's moving. Like I'm not getting any opportunities in my life. I'm trying to start a new career. I don't feel like myself. Like there, there could just be that too, or you just never done it and you're, you're curious on how to. So, and I mean, it's really cool that you can walk someone through that virtually. So it's, you know, it's not like you need to find someone near you. You can do it yourself with a little help. So that's I mean, yeah. something that yeah. sounds really interesting. The it's two, the world we live in now. Yeah, well. exactly. Right. <laughs> so the two main things that you talked about before were relationships and money. That's like everyone's, you know, top two. So yep. what are some like money techniques and practices or relationship loved ones like that you mm-hmm. can share? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with the, the money. So you're going to look at your money gua by your area and your home by getting your compass out and you look to the southeast corner. This is your money qua. And and it could just it could just be a bathroom, it could be a small space, it could be a, a little section, a corner like when you break down your bagua, you'll see where that lands. Or you can just take your compass out and point it in the direction and see where it is, right? So there's kind of two ways of doing that. And from there, this well normally I always say put a fountain there. Every year, the energy changes, just like when we start this, you know, Chinese New Year, um, New Year, New Energy. That's what happens. So this year, we actually have some energy in the in the southeast that's not necessarily good to bring water, the water element in. So instead, it's best to put the water fountain like in the north area. But for the southeast to enhance it, we use the term enhancing because we want to enhance the energy. We want to raise the energy, raise the vibe or focus on if we're bringing in more money, like what what is going to help facilitate that. Um, so money trees are good. Plant wood wood element, which is plants. So that provides a sense of stability in our finances. Um, so tall plants, any type of money, bamboo, uh, those are really great. And these are simple things. Like I, I like to start with simplicity because we're all really busy. And mm-hmm. isn't this a busy people podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's, oh, we, 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 it's we, a rebrand. We we're now... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My bad. So we were busy. Now we're expanding. Great. So in that expansion, um, we, we want to really enhance that space with, with things that are simple because we do not need to complicate things. Life is already too complicated. So starting with adding the wood element, making sure there's no clutter, um, bringing in anything. Here's what I really want you to think. Like, what is your goal? Let me ask you this because we'll use this as an example. What is your current like vision for you and your, your, your finances? Do you have a goal that you're working towards? Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to be in a, in a place where I'm like financially free and that I don't have to be working a nine to five to like depend on that for my finances. Okay. So go a little deeper. Like what would that look like? What, what would your day look like? What would you, what would you want to feel in that reality. Oh, I'd want to feel like freedom. I'd want to feel peaceful. I'd want to feel like excited to wake up every day and do what I love to do, which would either be like coaching or podcasting. I love doing. 
uh, like something that feels aligned and not like I'm forced yeah. to wake up at a certain time. Like I could have a morning routine. I can be there for my kids, like that type of freedom. Okay. Okay. So I'm hearing lots of freedom. So what yeah, I would say just for you is putting in yourself these squa, something that like maybe a big word that says freedom. If you're not into the whole quote thing around your home, I totally get it. But it could be artwork that symbolizes your the freedom that you want to experience because that because money is the vehicle for you to be able to experience that freedom. So you want to just start painting your southeast corner to look and reflect what you want to experience for you it's freedom. It's maybe it's travel, maybe it's you know whatever it is for 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 you listeners you want your your southeast corner to represent that. For for us it was like we want peace. You know, we mm-hmm. also wanted financial freedom. Who doesn't want financial freedom? Yeah, exactly. We all want that. <laughs> so, but everybody has their own goals. Some people want to be like millionaires. Some people want to be famous. Some people want to be like they or they just want to have all their needs met, you know. Right. And so the other thing is you can you can put in like metal elements, like gold, things that symbolize wealth, things that symbolize like like a good like maybe it's luxury, but everybody has their own definition of luxe, mm-hmm. you know. It could be uh, instead of it being a, a white color, maybe painting it green or just really playing with and having fun with creating the space so that it reflects your vision because your home can literally become a vision board for your life instead of That's making just a little just vision thinking board. When you said that, yeah. like it just becomes and you're reminded of it every day instead of every creating a little vision board that you throw under your bed. 100% because we, our home is our subconscious reflection. So when we start to tap into, this is like the, you know, this is very much law of attraction 101, but it's like you start to see that around you. So you start to believe in it because it all comes back to the mind. You know, we, when we're manifesting, calling something in, we have to see it and believe it to, to actually anchor it in. And we've got to put in the work, you know, and the work requires, okay, first let's get my environment maybe dialed in so that I'm feeling expanded. I'm feeling like right now I'm going through a big transition and we're moving out of our space now. So there's a little more clutter than obviously I'd like. And I have, you know, a lot around that because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's boxes starting to stack up. You know, how how do we do this in a way that's not going to affect certain areas of our life? Or do I just throw it all out the window and accept where I am? You know, there's a lot of of those dances. So we're going to have transitionary periods in life where things aren't, feeling aligned. So now that we've traveled, I come back and I'm like, I actually don't resonate to some stuff in like this space anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have a different vision of what I want, which is I want to own a home. I want to, you know, I want to see, I want to live my life more minimum, more of like a minimalist lifestyle. I want my home to feel like nature and the earth and not feel old and like broken because we live in a very old home. So I'm, I'm ready for my expansion. And I know that I've got to let go of a lot in order to become that. So that's my stage where I'm at right now. And we're all somewhere. We're all at some stage. So we've got to really honor where we are. But also if the space isn't resonating with you, take the leap, you know, like if the, if the environment, I'm also really into like astro cartography and learning what, what areas of the world, you know, cause maybe it's not even just your home that isn't aligned to you. Maybe it's where you currently live. Like, like I said, we're, we're in LA doesn't really resonate with us anymore. So we're ready to see what's next, mm-hmm. you know, and you really have to ask yourself, like, am I in the right supportive energy? And and that's something that we can determine when we do consultations. So I've, I've helped people do a whole consultation and then they move the next month because we that's moved so energy funny. around so much. Yeah, because like, it's stagnant and we're just, mm-hmm. you just get complacent, I think very easily. I mean, the safe, mm-hmm. it's safety, right? Taking risks and doing things like that just isn't the most comfortable. So that's why we just yeah. stay put. But what fun is that? Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of medicine in the discomfort for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So the re- that's really good advice for the money corner. What about relationships, love, and all that comes along with it? Yeah. So this is going to be your Southwest gua. Um, also I like to kind of incorporate the bedroom too, even wherever it is and whatever space, because that is such a reflection of love. Like there should only be two things that happen in a bedroom and that's sleep and sex. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times relationships really suffer because there's a TV in there and, or there's a lot of clutter or it doesn't feel like a sexy room to get intimate or a safe space to Mm -hmm. really be seen. So 
the best way to do that and with the Southwest is by adding uh, adding some fire element because it's going to help with passion and, um, and, and, and expression and the fire is activating. So the fire element is, can be lighting. It could be co- the colors red. Now we want to be careful with adding, we don't want to add like too much red, like go painting the walls all red because it can be, it can actually burn us out. Um, we're, we're also actually an element ourselves. So once we also determine that, and I, I do like personal chart reading so you can or you can just go look up what your qua number is and find out what your number is to see what element you are and there's certain elements that we want to surround ourselves with and not so by putting too much fire that could burn us out so we want to be mindful of fire element it's the one element that we want to add with caution <laughs> so candles are really great simple simple way like like I said simplicity bringing candles into the southwest corner creating a money a, a love altar you can also create a money altar. Um, that's always really nice. Putting pairs of things. So going into the bedroom, you really want to always make sure your bed is, first of all, in the command position, which is another aspect of feng shui. And this allows you to see the door, but also be adjacent to the door. So you're not directly in alignment with the door. And this this is like your bed, your office, your desk, your when you're cooking, there are these what it does is like on the subconscious, it allows us to feel safe because we can see who's coming in at all times. So that we're not like having anyone sneak up behind us, but it also provides a supportive element. So when it comes to our bedroom, we want to have that. So there's space on both sides and there's matching uh, dress um, nightstands so that it's in, in balance. And we have, we could put pairs of twos, like two crystals, two birds kissing. Um, we can put just pairs of items. Like it can be whatever you're into, whatever your aesthetic is. It can, it just, you want to have pairs of things. So everything is well balanced in your bedroom. Um, and then also whatever is in front of you when you wake up, like your bed, when you wake up, you want to have in your bedroom a, ref, a representation of the love that you want in your relationship could be just with yourself right now. Maybe you're single and you're like, I don't want anyone in my life right now. But if you're in a partnership, what do you want your relationship to feel like? Just like what I said with your money. What do you want your relationship to feel like? Do you want it to feel soft and fluffy and loving? Like add add fur in your bed. Add like a soft rug to soften the energy. Um, add lighting that is a mood lighting so you can dim it down and turn things turn the fire on and get intimate and feel like you're in that that cradle you know so there's there's I think some good tips there for for those are great tips but I need clarification because there was always this I don't know where you know wherever it came from that you should not have your like the foot of your bed facing directly toward the door because like Mm -hmm. your soul will leave the room like what was that I don't know growing up something like that but what is the purpose like what is the reason like my bed faces the wall okay so like if I'm in my bed it faces the wall and then the door is to the right of it so it's not like directly in front of my feet but it's to the right of my feet that's okay it's adjacent Okay. So, So, but it shouldn't be like my, the door is what I see when I sit up in bed in front of me, directly in front of me. If that's, like, is that the rumor? Is that a rumor? I don't know. It is actually true. It is actually true because it's something, it's a command, it's called the command position and you want to be in in your command, like be be the commander of your life because you want to be able to see the door, see who's coming in you, but into the door, into the space. But you don't want to be, especially when you're sleeping and here's why, because it's not necessarily like you leave your body, but it's about the chi, uh, the chi can flow out of your feet because the feet are, when you look at acupuncture and study Chinese medicine, the feet are so, so like they hold so much energy. Mm-hmm. So when we're out of body, we, we may not have like the chi can drain out of our body when, and we need that chi. So when we are sleeping more than anything, anytime, that's when we're at our restful state and our sleep state. So one thing I will say that's a good indicator is here's the thing. Don't fix something that's not broken. If you don't have sleep issues, don't worry about your bedroom. Like don't try to go changing everything. Cause it's what Feng Shui says. Like just really listen to what, if you have, if you have, um, anxiety or sleep, uh, sleep issues and you can't get good restful sleep and you're not waking up fully rested, then you want to look at the bedding and how your room is 
focused and what how your bed is placed and you know so there is a lot of things behind that and i will say that when somebody has a bed that's got their feet directly in a line with a door they don't sleep well there is there is facts behind that like i've heard that so many times like oh no wonder i'm not sleeping well or there's a window above their head and that's draining the chi from their from their crown so we want we ultimately actually want to have smaller bedrooms sometimes mm-hmm. we have these large gigantic bedrooms and we actually want to feel like we're going into the womb when we're asleep and so a lot of issues with sleep come from us not feeling safe or completely in a tight loving space and when we have big rooms, it's it's best to kind of have like a canopy bed, something that keeps a cocoon around us. So we feel like we're, you know, not being exposed to something or there's just a lot of energy around our, our homes. And you could have a home with a lot of spirit energy and you're getting disrupted during the night or, you know, there's there's always something. <laughs> so yeah. if you have an issue with that, I would absolutely try changing your bed placement and see if there's a shift. Interesting. Okay. And then you said the red too with the money, but are there other colors that in the living spaces that um, impact feng shui energy? So color recommendations in general? Yeah. So when you look at the Bagua map, um, there's colors on each of the squares. And the reason why there's colors is because it's connected to an element and every element is, has a color attached to it. So you can use like in the the wealth and prosperity you want to use like purples, blues, or reds and the wood element in the Southwest relationships, you want to use like pinks, reds, soft whites, and that's an earth element. So there's an element tied to each gua and there's also colors that are tied to them. So you can use that as a guide again, as just your basic, basic guide of what you want to bring into the space and how it connects to enhancement and enhancing the energy. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Um, I have a listener question, actually. So shout out to Melissa. She was wondering, like, she lives in a place that's very noisy, which I'm assuming is a city. And so it's just like a lot of noise all the time. Is there a recommendation for that type of environment? That's that's a challenging one because that comes down to the actual, like, physical space. Um, because we obviously can't turn the noise down, right. like unless we're mad magicians uh, or just move. <laughs> but um, there's ways that you can direct the energy away energetically from the space. If you live, if she lives in an apartment, did it, did it sound like she lived in an apartment or or a home? Um, Maybe we don't know the specifics, but yeah. when it comes to no matter what it is, uh, what you can do wherever the noise is coming from, we use mirrors in feng shui to either push away or detract energy or to guide the energy up or, or around. So what you can do is on the outside, let's say it's coming from your front door. Like there's a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. You can put a a mirror facing the, you don't want to put it right in front of the door. So let's say you're looking at your door and above your door, there's a wall, like a little sliver of a wall that you can put a mirror. You do not want it to be placed like, facing when you come in you want it to actually the 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 mirror reflection side to be almost backwards so it'd be so like you can't see in it right you want exactly it to be as if it was facing the street correct and that Mm -hmm. would be said to direct that energy out it's also great to use if you have noisy like i mean not noisy but energy that's like not fun from like bad neighbors or something Mm -hmm. and you live in an apartment complex and and you could also just put it behind a couch, like a mirror behind a couch. It could be a small mirror too. It doesn't need to be a big one. Um, but the intention behind that is so that the energy that's coming at the house is getting redirected out. And you can also do a, a crystal grid around the space and create a, a bubble in this, like a bubble of light around you. Um, these are a little more woo things, but when it comes to feng shui, you can also put, if you live in a home and it's very noisy, you know, look into doing, there's also like soundproof tile and things yeah. that you can put in physically, you know, um, there's, there's actually really cool soundproof, uh, those, those pads that you can get that they, they actually have like cork and you can kind of make it cute. And that adds maybe a wood element into it. 
Um, so maybe blocking the space a little bit more to have, especially where your sleep area is, if that's where you're being bothered and disturbed the most, putting in some sound to physically like block, block that sound it. from coming out. That could be also another great tip there, I think. Very good tip. I never heard the mirror yeah. thing, but it makes sense, like reflecting back that energy. Right, um, right. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about false feng shui on, I've heard you talk about it before, but like some common misconce- misconceptions or myths maybe that you could share. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've kind of hit some of them, you know, with the furniture arrangement. That's a big one. Um, That one is always the first thing that we like to demystify. It's not just moving your furniture around. Um, It's also in terms of like it it, it being uh, something that comes from like the external or, or not being an internal process. I think that's also something people get confused or like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to change my environment, but they forget that there's like an inner space around it. So, you know, that, that's really important. Um, there's also a lot of like, like I said, with the tchotchkes and the, the, the type of things that we need to put in our space, those are just things, you know, when it comes to the, the elements, the reason why I suggest plants or a water fountain or the fire element is because that's, that is the element that's going to help enhance. It's not just a thing, like everything in our home. Yes, there's a lot of things in it, but we want to have things that have intention behind it. You know, I, I see a lot of times there's artwork that is like not bringing a good energy or, or it's just not really you anymore. You know, there's, there's times where we have a lot of stuff from our past because we're holding on to furniture or things in our environment that are actually taking us away from who we really want to be. So I think, um, you know, in that, in that terms, there's a lot of, uh, misconceptions that it should be, um, just, just like, so so simple and easy and not complicated but it is complicated too you know there's a lot of things that i think we need to really realize that it's it's just easier to work on ourselves and get started with that um and or that like it's it's so complicated that we have to like remodel our whole house and that it's really expensive or you know it's time consuming all these things like i again like to really come down to simplicity and and keeping things simple um and also like there's a lot of the the concepts of like that it's just like mystical or woo-woo you know um and it, it, it there is some layers that that could be connected to it being quote-unquote like spiritual but it's really that really couldn't be any further from the truth because there's a lot of science that backs like the system and um, the the reason why we use the bagua. And although there's a lot of mysticism around how it all you know was created, there is some factual information when you go into like the Temple of Heaven in China is a really good example. That was the first temple built with the feng shui system. So that is something that I think we, you know, need to look at and remember it's, it's going to be what it is for you, but it's not a religion and it's not based on like psychic powers or anything like that. It is factual information that we use to balance nature, science, a space, and it's been tested forever. So I think that's uh, something really good to point out. And the other thing is just that it doesn't need to be perfect. There's a lot of thoughts and I think myths around the perfect home, the perfect space. It always needs to be decluttered, like all these imperf- this, this, this thing of perfection. Like we're imperfect. Nature's imperfect. But there's a perfect synchronistic, harmonious energy that permeates in nature. So that's what we're looking to obtain. You know, that's the energy we want to bring into our space. And I love earlier you talked about it like it's just a dance. We spend so much time in our homes, probably more than we should because we should be outside more. But um, you want to feel good when you're in here. I mean, I know we can all think of, of, I can think of a space in my house, a couple that like need some TLC and like definitely Mm -hmm. 
now I'm curious where they land on the map. But like, we can't fix everything at once. So just like, instead of feeling overwhelmed that, like you said, it's too hard to even get started, like just start with something really small, like decluttering Mm -hmm. or find a corner and make it special. And I think like you just start to feel, you start to feel something, you start to feel different and then it just kind of spreads from there, which is so nice. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we covered a lot. I think we definitely need a round two, but is there anything that we didn't cover that you think we need to put out there? Yeah, I think, you know, just to sum it all up, uh, you kind of touched on a little bit, but don't get overwhelmed, like start very small because it, if you look at it as like the big picture, like, oh my gosh, my whole house needs to change now, then you're never going to do it. You know, you got to start small just by maybe going to add some new, add some plants. If you don't have plants in your space, I'm a huge plant mom, advocate of plants because they not only enhance certain areas, but they add life to our space. The biggest thing I don't, I do see too is with, with water elements missing um, or plant elements missing, there's no life in our space. So we want to bring life, make our space come alive and awaken and really see that energy flowing because otherwise we're going to feel stagnant. We're going to feel dull, you know, and the world right now, we need to feel our shiny selves more than ever because it's just, it's going to get even more and more challenging. I think as the tech world and and AI, I have a husband in tech. So I hear a lot of stuff that's coming into Mm -hmm. our world and we better be ready. You know, we got to have our light shields up and we got to be like dialed into our soul, grounded on feet on the earth. You guys, like it's about to get, you know, really interesting and it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Like it's, there's nothing we can do other than control. The only thing we have control over is ourselves and how we respond and how we feel on the inside. And, Again, our homes are going to be that safe haven. So create that with your home. Start small. And, and you know, one thing you can do if you're listening, just want to get off the podcast is go look and see where your guas are and start, start by enhancing the one that you want to work on the most. And then once that's dialed in, work on the next one, you know. So it's, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not an end-all, be-all perfectionism thing that we – otherwise we're – feeding into the perfectionism system where that's just like a dying it shouldn't be that way we we aren't perfect we're never going to be so let's not bring that into our spaces right but it is important to be willing to be open-minded expand a little bit grow and Mm -hmm. you know I mean, once you start for people who are listening, who are in this space, I think they totally understand for people who are listening, who haven't gotten here yet. It sounds like you said, we, a lot of it sounds woo, but once you're in it, you're like, how did, how did I not, how did I live not feeling connected? It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's from that point. You're like, yeah. so like, honestly, once you have awareness, it's, it's hard because you can't shut it off. You can't no. shut off that awareness. Once you're aware of your issues, your healing, your trauma, your space, that isn't the, the, the like there's just it. It is really hard to turn it off and good luck if you try. Like it's, yeah. it's just going to come right back. And, and it, but then it's beautiful because you it have is. awareness and that's what we need. We need to have that awareness right now. And um, when we have that awareness, we can use that as a tool to grow and expand. And, you know, it's just like looking at our finances, like, how much do we avoid not looking at our bank accounts because we don't want to see what's really there? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all guilty of that in some way, um, I think. And so when it comes to it, when, when it comes to being aware of our things, when we can be aware of wh- what's going on with our finances or be aware of where our, mo- our emotional state is, then we have so much power because we have control. Right. I love it. What um do you have? I always ask at the end if you have like a little affirmation that you love or a mantra or something that you could share. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see what wants what wants to come through. Um, I I love working with Lakshmi, and she's another one you can if you want to get into the deities and the goddesses and the gods, bringing them into your space. Uh, I think is also very powerful if you want to work with one specifically. 
And I chant the mantra Om Shreem Maha Lakshmi Swaha very frequently. And so there's a there's a YouTube, like you can look it up on YouTube, the Lakshmi chant. And I think that's a good one. That's just what, what came through right now because we talked a little bit about money. And it really helps. Like I feel I, I do it 108 times like with a with a mala bead and sit. And I've had some very like creative explosions. Um, and also if you're just looking to focus on increasing money flow or just feeling abundant, you know, on the inside, that's a really good one to get started. I, I really love to chant. I, I got really into um, kirtan music and um, that whole world. I'm not like a hardcore, like Hare Krishna, but um, I do love and appreciate that, that, um, that sanctuary that it kind of puts you in. So I would definitely scope that one out if you're interested. Okay, cool. I'm going to link all this in the show notes for anyone. It's a lot of information, but really like I, your Instagram has so much great information. Your videos, like they're short, they give like really um, actionable steps, things you can do right away, which I love. So I'm assuming people can find you there. Where else can people find you? Yeah, my Instagram is just Nixie Marie. And um, I also have a podcast, High Vibe Home. And then my my website is highvibehome.life. So you can find pretty much everything there. Um, I've got a like, product line of all natural cleaning products as well. So that's a whole other conversation. But I was going to say, we didn't even get there, which I, <laughs> I do have so many questions about, but we can do another yeah, another one on that. Well, you can find all my goods on my website and, and everything though is really linked through my Instagram. So. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and good thank to meet you. your audience here. So good. Yeah. Thank I you know. for allowing me space to share this, this medicine. I think people are going to absolutely love this because it's just something I think we've all heard a lot about it throughout our lives, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are dialed in, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was great yeah. having you and I really appreciate appreciate your time. I know it's it's hard to carve time out when we're so busy, but um yeah, this was great. I loved it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys and thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate you being open to all of this. It's it's so juicy. Totally and a rabbit hole. So. Juicy. And the a rabbit hole. rabbit hole. So welcome, welcome to, to the, the rabbit hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening today. You can check out the show notes to find out important info from today's episode. You can also support the show by subscribing, share an episode with somebody you love, or give me a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at expandwithnicole. I really appreciate you all so much, and I cannot wait to share more wellness and lifestyle content with you on the next episode.